0: Warning, we're going to be discussing events for currently running weekly anime.
1: If you want to avoid spoilers for certain shows, there are timestamps in the description. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the TimeSync Anime Podcast. This is our winter 2019 season review. So, for what we're going to be doing here is we're going to be talking about just the season overall, what we liked about it, what we didn't like, and give like reviews of the shows that we talked about over the course of that season. So, I'm Jay, and this is Rex. Hello,
0: and, uh, yeah, we're finally done with this season. We had to go into a little bit of an overtime, Mm -hmm. because there's a couple shows that were leaking over into the spring season.
1: Yeah, just, like, the way, like, scheduling issues, and we just decided, you know, rather than, rather than just, like, say, oh, these are technically a part of that season, we're just gonna say, yeah, let's just say they're all a part. They're one core they're going to be talked about in this season even if they did carry over some
0: yeah yeah like uh, for shows that actually kept going yeah like i was talking about just shows that like leaked like one episode or two, yeah no that's and,
1: exactly so things yeah. like mob psycho or kodobuki for instance
0: but yeah like for shows that are actually continuing we're just going to be talking about the first the, the like first this core, core yeah. of the
1: like this core like jojo is entering its uh, third core right now so we'll be talking about the second core of that for instance Anyway, without further ado, let's get right into the shows we will be talking about. For starters, Boogie Pop and others.
0: This was a very hard-to-follow show, but I think that was one of my favorite parts about it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like, it was definitely one of those, uh... I enjoyed the fact that it was, like, a slow-burning, like, mystery-type show that delved into a lot of, like, uh, psychological issues and stuff like that. It was a very fascinating show, like... Every week it was something like, you know, I. there's always just something new to figure out about the show. Like new characters, new uh, concepts. It was always something that was just made you want to keep going back and watch it. At least for me.
0: Yeah, I agreed. It's. I think Boogie Pop um, itself, their self, uh, definitely did a good job tying everything together. Because without Boogie Pop, I think what have just been... A lot of disconnected stories, mm-hmm. but by having this kind of supernatural hero figure, yeah. I guess, for lack of a better term, it kind of helped helped connect everything. Uh, one, one thing I don't really know is, you know, in the opening, they mm-hmm. had the whole like uh, Nagi like sliding up the side of a building. Yeah, and then punching the screen. And that never happened! Yeah,
1: I I don't know, like, it must have... I don't know if it was, like, symbolic or something. It it had to have been, because most of that uh, OP was symbolic. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, speaking of the OP, Myth and Roy delivered another freaking amazing song. Like, yeah, it's just it was... such a catchy song.
0: Yeah, I, I loved the OP, I loved the ending. So there's a lot of, like, little bits in the show that I... Uh, I actually had to go back and like watch a second time to catch them all the archery club guy when oh, he, yeah, like, yeah, shot the girl in the head i was like who did he shoot again and mm. who's the girl he liked because i'm trying to keep track of all these characters yeah exactly there's a lot of there's
1: a lot of stuff to keep track of and it's definitely it's definitely not a show that you can just kind of passively like watch and just hopefully you'll catch stuff in the background no this is a show you absolutely have to be paying attention to or else you're going to just be lost the whole yeah time. exactly And also just given the sort of, like, chaotic nature of the show, like, going into different stories and stuff, you have to really just pay attention to each individual arc. And I think that, uh, like, speaking of the arcs themselves, most of them are pretty well-spaced. My personal favorite being the uh, Boogie Pop at Dawn arc, that flashback arc that kind of introduced how Boogie Pop became Boogie Pop.
0: Oh, yeah, with the the doctor. Yeah. Yeah, and there was uh, also a little bit of background on Nagi.
1: Yeah. And uh, just basically also figuring out more about the Toa organization, how they operate, like what... Uh, like, all these, like, kind of, like, characters and stuff that we didn't know about but were, like, essential to kind of figuring out the story going forward. Um, Long story short, I was fascinated by the show Every week I watched it. Like, yeah. And it makes me want to go back and watch some of the original source material. Like the original yeah, uh, the Pop original, Phantom. Yeah, the original run. Yeah. Uh, yeah or Pop, you read it. Yeah. Read Boogie Pop Phantom. Or I just want to know more about this series. I would yeah. like to watch more of it. Because it was certainly fascinating.
0: Yeah, I think uh, my favorite arc was probably the... Overall, um, it was the uh, the the last one the, the uh, king, the king distortion. of distortion oh yeah. yeah the king of distortion arc was great uh, i just found that entire sequence fascinating i but my, i i think the 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 moment that stands out the most in my head for this year se- uh, this uh 12 episode series is 18 um, technically speaking oh yeah 18 yeah uh is the the bit where the, the, the guy who was pretending to be Boogie Pop. Oh, was, uh, yeah. he beat up all those thugs. Oh, man,
1: that was so good. Like,
0: it, it, it wasn't, like, emotionally, like, super invest. Uh, I was invested in it, but the Sakuga in it was just fucking yeah, amazing. Yeah, that was, that was one of the best
1: uh, action sequences. Madhouse certainly pulled out all the stops for this show. Yeah, every
0: action sequence, really, in the show was good. Yeah. Um, it's just that they were... Usually, few and far between because the show is more focused on like the psychological aspects of everything.
1: Yeah, which so if you're really into like psychological shows, and like if you hadn't watched this show in particular, and if it somehow slipped under your radar, if you're into like psychological shows like this, then I really recommend giving this a watch. It it was uh, certainly it was up there as one of my
0: personal favorite shows of the season. Mm-hmm. So uh, at the end of the day, what, what would you give of the score for the show?
1: I would give it a solid eight.
0: It's exactly the same. I picked too.
1: <laughs> yeah, because the the reason why I say eight is because it's it was a good show, very good show. But I, I think that, uh, but at the end of the day, it is kind of a slow. It is kind of a slower show, and there might be some places where it might seem to drag a little bit before getting to the next uh, big thing. On top of that, there's just the uh, there is the problem of. It just being one of those shows you absolutely need to pay attention to. And yeah. even if you pay attention to some stuff, like, there'll be some stuff that'll still leave you confused. Still curious what the fuck that ending was.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, with Boogie Pop just standing there in the... In the
1: weird... Yeah. Like, I still, to this day, think that that was just Boogie Pop, like, kind of living in a dormant state beneath uh, Toka Miyashita,
0: Yeah, probably. Like, probably
1: just a representation of her mind or something, but it, it was never explained, so yeah. that's my take
0: on it. Yeah, I, I'd agree with the... I, I'd also give it Nate, um, because it it was really interesting and fascinating, but uh, it, it was confusing mm-hmm. a lot of times, and, and I think that could have been probably handled uh, and explained slightly better. Uh, at least for the audience like i know there's probably a very specific set of people who want it to be just as confusing as it is. Mm-hmm. but for me personally i would have liked if it was if things were explained a little more just just a, just a little bit more i want to be clear on that cuz i don't want to know everything yeah i just uh i want to know a tiny bit more because and it I...
1: being a psychological mystery show there has to be some stuff that's sort of exactly. like up to interpretation and otherwise it just loses the fun of the show. Yeah. But overall, I'd say, yeah, solid eight at the end of the day. mm right. So, uh, next up is, uh, Dororo. The first 12 episodes, this first core.
0: Yeah, and boy, did it get off to a kick-ass start.
1: Yeah, like, I, like, I was intrigued by this show, like, in its first couple episodes. I was totally sold on this show, like, by episode six. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna keep watching this show, like, regardless. Because yeah, because the whole like the the story of the moriko song the two part thing that was absolutely tragic uh,
0: was it that was that was the, Mio. The yeah Ugh, yeah God.
1: episode 6 ended on such a like just poignant upsetting bleak note but it was and it was just one of those things that, to this day, is just still stuck in the back of my head. Like, every time <laughs> just I when think... they're
0: walking away in that, in and, that field, and, yeah, then, just... and the rice shows up, and they start humming the song. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and just figuring out, like, that song is just her basically trying to comfort herself. It's something she sings to herself to make herself feel happy. Just realizing all that stuff just makes you go, "Jeez, my heart.
0: Yeah. Uh, the... That was really cool. Uh, all the action was really good. Yeah, uh, just seeing Dodo or not Dodo Hyakimaru, like jump around off walls and cutting shit up with his arm blades. Yeah, just, like, it, it's the the choreography for the fights is just so well done. Yeah, it's um, one one that stands out to me is uh, the fight with the um the the cursed sword. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, the cursed sword. That is that was actually an episode where things started to go for the. Uh... Like started to definitely go for more bleak because yeah. that episode ended on a really sad note too. But, but yeah, the aside, yeah, the choreography,
0: yeah the the choreography, how he ended up like disarming um, Dorito getting so getting the sword away from him, and then and then that final slash. Yeah, cut through the guy and then they just kind of do that stereotypical like samurai thing where they're both standing there for a second and then one person falls down. Yeah,
1: it's such a it's such a cliche, but it's so but it's almost always awesome every time it happens. It's just like the uh, like playing the OP during like the kick ass. (laughs) It's such a cliche and we know that, but it's it's almost universally awesome. And I will say this: just like watching Dodoro and Hiyakimaru, like sort of like watching them like both grow because of being around each other, it
0: was a really rewarding experience watching this first core. Yeah, they're slowly getting closer and closer. Uh, we have Hiyakimaru slowly learning to interact with people more. Yeah, and then Dodoro kind of—it seems like. She's maturing and kind of becoming a little more responsible. Yeah, also learning that Dorito was a girl. Yeah, that was a, that was a <laughs>
1: surprise. Like just because, just look at them—the way they're designed and the way they act and stuff—makes you think, oh, they could just be a little boy. That's certainly what I thought when I was watching yeah. the series. But then it's like it's we, it's interesting for you to be traveling around with such a young girl. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, go back. It's like,
0: "Moshi moshi, FBI
1: desk, <laughs> nanny." <laughs> But yeah, this uh, this first core Mappa's done it again, like adapting a adapting a classic story into a more modern take. I really am enjoying it.
0: Yeah, and I am easily gonna keep going for the next season. Yeah, like absolutely. Core. So, with that in mind, uh, what would you rate this out of ten?
1: Uh, I gave it an eight and a half. I gave it a nine. Like. I was, uh, like I said, I was kind of into this show, like, from the get-go. Like, I was intrigued by it. It was by episode six, I was completely just sold. Like, okay. Like, this is easily one of my favorite shows this season. Like, no contest.
0: Yeah, I... I I like it a lot. It was definitely, like you said, one of my favorites. Uh, If if I could say anything bad about it, it's that, uh, some of the characters don't... We don't get enough, uh, or a a lot of stuff about each situation like each mon- monster of the week yada yada yeah uh, i think it would be a little interesting if we got maybe two episodes per yeah per arc. they do a really good job telling uh the story in each episode and like really good short stories i think i would have just liked it a little bit more if if we they were done...
1: di- like if there were more like two-part scenarios kind of like the story of the moriko song yeah because that yeah. was like one of my favorite arcs yeah that was one of my fa- absolute favorite um like pair of episodes too it was just it was so good, like mm-hmm. like they were really giving you the ability to flesh that out, and so yeah, I can agree with that. I think that uh, they'd already like uh, cut like quite a bit of stuff from the original source material. Even the amount of demons that uh, Hyakimaru's body had been sold to had been cut down substantially,
0: which is probably a good idea. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, and
0: if they if they didn't do that, they would have had even less time to to give to each. It's a little yeah. short story. Um
1: also as far as like one of the changes I'm most in favor of, like as far as looking into the original series and then comparing it to this one, uh Hiyakimaru in the original could speak kind of because he could sort of telepathically communicate with uh, Yeah, the I remember people. you told me about that. and then he could move his mouth. And him like kind of learning how to talk and stuff like that is actually a little bit more interesting. You start to get like a little bit more of the feeling like him slowly becoming human. Although, that being said, for somebody who had no ears his entire life, and he certainly <laughs> learned the Japanese language pretty damn quick. Yeah. But, that aside, that's more of a nitpick and didn't at all detract from my enjoyment of this first core. So, next up, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Golden Winds.
0: The second, second... The second core? Yeah, second core. Yeah. Uh, uh, this was... Uh, so, so, the end of the first core, that was when they... Whoa, whoa. No, Fugo left at the end of this core, yeah, or Fugo... at the end of the second core. Right? I, yeah, or they all left Fugo behind, or whatever. Yeah,
1: I think so. Yeah, um, the final mission from the boss that happened this core. Yeah, this uh, this was more kind of like just more like uh, hitman of the week sort of situation. This is where we got uh, the white. Yeah. This is where we got the white album fight, the babyface fight, uh, all all that really cool stuff. So it's just it's more JoJo, it's more ridiculous stand fights. It's some really ridiculous stuff every once
0: in a while. Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah, this was Brick Snake core.
1: Um, it's kind, of, it sort of happened this core, and you could make like it, yeah, it was kind of on the one? edge of
0: the first core. Oh, okay, but
1: uh, but point being, Brick Snake.
0: Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> the it, my favorite part of JoJo is just seeing all the different stands. Yeah, and going around and like, like we said, um, White Album. Uh, I can't. I can't remember the name of the voice actor. Oh, for... uh, like
1: Nobuhiko something or other who, who played um... Bakugo.
0: Yeah, well, Bakugo. What was, the, and... what was the guy's name in JoJo? Oh, um... I don't remember. I think it's, like, something related to ice cream or something like that. I... Something like that. Sorbet? Uh, yeah. Was that him? No, I don't or think that, so. was that the original guy who got chopped up, I that think? That was,
1: I think, the guy who got chopped up. <laughs> yeah. But Gelato and sorbet. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure all the... Uh, all of the characters are named after food in this arc. At least it mm. seems like it. Because you've got... Squad. Because yeah. you've got risotto. You've got pesci. You've got... Uh, you've got a baccio, which is a type of lamb. Oh, apparently.
0: man. Uh, the... The Grateful Dead fight was really cool. Yeah, that was... Even though it's super cringy, just watching, like, the hook under their skin. It feels like they've kind of picked up the... Like body horror as the show's
1: going kind on of along, which is which is interesting because I brought up that in the past that it originally was supposed to start off as kind of like a a shonen series with like a horror edge, anyways, which mm-hmm. is what the first uh, arc Phantom Blood was all about. That was when it was kind of it was vampires for God's yeah. sake, and they were creepy and and like you saw Dio like playing around with uh, JoJo's veins. Yeah. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. It, it, it's unsettling to think about even now, but. And then they kind of revisited that a little bit in, uh, Diamond is Unbreakable with, uh, Kira's hand fetish. Yeah. And, yeah. and
0: but, but it's, now- it's a lot in this- Yeah, in this, there's uh, a lot series. of it
1: here. Like, just, like, baby face, like, basically just becoming a tumor that just shows up on the back of this lady's head.
0: Just, ugh, it's so unsettling. Yeah, there- there's- it, it was pretty kick-ass. Like, it wasn't, um, god, I'm trying to think of any, like, standout moments for me uh do you have any yourself uh for for this particular core
1: um i think the white album like was pretty like the white album fight was pretty cool it also was the most ridiculous thing because i hey quick make tundra grass and now let's oh, get a my snowboard God, was so cool. yeah. <laughs> it was so fucking ridiculous yeah I,
0: I that's probably my favorite too i really loved this scene in the end when he had his when when the white album guy had his uh back against the pole yeah and then uh um, oh Nisto yeah. was just kept shooting him the bolts kept bouncing back at him oh yeah that
1: was so good the uh the the
0: resolve to keep doing that and yeah. keep basically shooting yourself
1: yeah exactly it and then there was also the uh the crush and uh and talking head fight or clash mm. and talking head fight which was interesting just watching narancia try to figure out like how is he going to get out of this really crappy situation where he's basically made to look like a liar stuff like that
0: yeah i yeah i've i loved all of this um mm-hmm. this season that being said it's still jojo and ridiculous and i have to put a lot of suspension and disbelief yeah into jojo yeah it's very true
1: like araki's so- good at making you suspend your disbelief and just kind of basically slate of hand you into kind of forgetting most of this stuff so, uh, what'd you give?
0: What would you give the score for this core?
1: Uh, I would give it an eight. I I would give it a solid eight, because uh, because there was still like some like ridiculous moments. It's about what I'd expect from JoJo. Like, it's nothing like absolutely like storyline and characters are all pretty simple, but they're all really fun to watch. So it's just a solid show across the board.
0: Yeah, I I'd have to give it a. Uh, seven and a half myself. Mm, yeah. um, because like you said, it's, it's it's good. It's fun. But there was, like I just said, there was those moments all the time where I have to be like, okay. Like, really? All right, this just is kind happening. Of like, just... I, I, I'm like, this is awesome. But also, eh. <laughs> yeah, just like, I'm sure. <laughs> there, like, eye rolls for sure all <laughs> <Yeah>. the time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm really loving it. And I, we said it before. Seven and a half. Like, sevens is good. Yeah, five, sev-
1: five is average. Five is average, and seven is still good. And yeah. so seven and a half is between good and very good. So, yeah, it's, it's a solid show, and looking forward to continuing talking about this final core. The final core, by the way, shaping up to be freaking amazing.
0: Yeah. So next up... Kaguya-sama, Love is War, the Easy. comedy that just swept out of nowhere and took everyone by surprise. Yeah, easily the funniest show
1: of the season. Like, yeah, I... And possibly of
0: the year. Exactly, yeah, yeah.
1: It's gonna be hard to beat this.
0: Yeah. Because it's, uh... I I'd put this show up with Hina Matsuri.
1: Yeah, as far as, like, comedic timing and stuff goes. Yeah, it was
0: fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's, like, because... The whole premise of the show is if two sunder if two sunderays are in love with each other, will they ever confess?
0: Yeah, and I I was just uh, every week I was like it's almost time it's almost time yeah. for kaguya So yeah, I can't wait to have my face hurt from smiling and yeah, like, either smiling or
1: actually just laughing like yeah. laughing out loud just because of how ridiculous some of the situations were and. Every character was just lovable, or was lovable or memorable in some way, shape, or
0: form. And the memes! There's so many memes from this show that were made <laughs> this season. Like, uh, mostly around Chica. Well, yeah, Chica is the meme character yeah, of the uh, series. I mean, like, like when, uh, she's training, she, uh, not, well, not yuki Uh but, Miyuki. Miyuki, yeah. yeah Shiragane, uh, Yeah, when she's... I <laughs> just by their names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when she's training Miyuki, and then he can't swing at the ball, and just the... <clears throat> yeah, that... The freak, uh, <laughs> I, uh, raised I raised that, that boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: There were, like, there were just so many, like, funny things, and just, like, the concept of it alone is just the idea that, like, the most... The drive for at least most people, like, whenever they watch a rom-com, is you already know what's gonna happen. The two characters are going to get together. You, you know that going mm. into it. The two main characters are going to get together in the end. It's just the journey of how they get there that makes it interesting. This kind of, like, just takes that concept and just, like, puts it completely on its head. It's like, both characters know they love each other. They're just basically trying to mind game and make the other person say it first. That concept alone was hilarious. And they yeah. delivered on it
0: every single week. Yeah, the, the narrator also did a really good job of... Uh, it's kind of like watching a really good, uh, sportscaster. Yeah. When you're watching like, oh, it's a game of, uh, f- uh, football and they're just kicking the ball around the field. Yeah. No, like it's, it's not that exciting. But when, when you like put the announcer in, he's just like, oh, they're running, they're running around the field. Oh, they're running, they're running! Oh! <laughs> go, 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 go. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah stuff just, like that. This announcer just made every situation seem so much more ridiculous and crazy.
1: Yeah. And then going back to like some of the characters, like. Three of the Kaguya characters were on, like, the list for, like, Reddit Best Girl of uh, Winter 2019, weren't they? Like, they were secure yeah, the top it three was, spots. Uh,
0: the top three spots were... First place was Kaguya, second place was uh, Chika, and third place was, was Hayasaka. Uh, Hayasaka.
1: Which, Hayasaka was probably one of my personal favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Like, because Chika's adorable and just a, and a funny little agent of chaos, but Hayasaka is basically just the audience insert like exactly yeah
0: because there's so many situations where she's just tired of kagi is bullshit yeah exactly just just, like when kagi is thinking about sending a text to him or it's like, like I'm it's already late. been sent <laughs> yeah she's like really how many times has this worked out for you like, yeah
1: <laughs> exactly just because she know like because nobody knows uh, Kagi more than hayasaka does and it's it's just absolutely hilarious to see her like kind of just calling her out on her bullshit like like, because that never happens in any other, like, rom-com series. Like, there's always a friend who is always thinking about it or something, maybe, but never really just is so blunt with calling it out. And that's what makes Hayasaka such a great character. Plus, the epic thing where she just uh, she just hijacked a bathroom just all to herself.
0: just Regularly, like, apparently. Yeah. Was, yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> this is like, just a thing she does. <laughs> yeah, like,
0: uh, I loved how the... The other workers there, they're like, can she keep doing this? Like, <laughs> this is kind of not fair. <laughs> Which I'm assuming they probably have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, so, I also want to talk about the last, like, two episodes. Oh, I think it was. yeah. Because this whole, and watching the show the entire time, gut-bustingly funny in the end, they just fucking hit you right out of the nowhere with a lot of feels. Yeah, no kidding. It was just Kaguya being trapped in this, like, rich household, not being able to do anything. But uh, Miyuki and um
1: uh, Hayasaka. yeah.
0: Just doing everything in their power to get her out of the house and go see the fireworks. It was just like, oh, it's, I didn't expect to cry so much. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to, this comedy series.
1: Yeah, I I was not expecting the feels from this show, but it was it was just the right blend of absolutely hilarious, but then also would kind of slow down and just give you the, the dramatic moments. And it delivered those amazingly, I think. Kaguya and, and Shiragane are easily the like most like the most uh hilarious couple to come out in a while. And it's just watching them play mind games with each other was just an yeah. absolute treat to watch every single week. <laughs> so with all that said, I would have to give this actually a very strong nine.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I would give it a nine and a half.
1: Yeah, it for we'd already talked about like just about everything that was hilarious about this show, what was great about it, I think. I mean, there's not much more else to say. It was yeah. an amazing I, show.
0: It, it was so good for me. It wasn't quite... I, I, I just don't... I, I really, really, really liked it, but I feel like I can't quite give it a 10. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it, exactly. It just doesn't feel perfect to yeah. me. Like, I love the show. It was definitely something I was looking forward to every week, but it just doesn't quite clinch the, oh, man, this show was the, perfect. The
0: 10s, but, yeah. Yeah.
1: Next up on our list is Magnificent Kotobuki. Uh, a.k.a. 3D three D dogfights that aren't ridiculously cringy to look at.
0: As opposed to... As
1: opposed to just, uh, like, as we said before, like, the 3D in the show wasn't, like, horrendous. Yeah, anything.
0: like, what are you comparing it to? That's what I'm curious about.
1: Okay, just, like, the idea that most, like, 3D animation and anime is almost uh, okay. always bad. Like, yeah, I it's... actually thought this was relatively solid, like, yeah, 3D animation. The,
0: the, the 3D animation, I think, was probably... One of my favorite, or the, the, specifically the 3D dog fights, Yeah. Uh Was probably my favorite part of this show. Yeah. Uh And the, just the character designs when they were 3D were all, like, the animation wasn't super special, but just the the facial expressions on a 3D model were yeah. really good. Yeah, I liked that. Uh, like, um, specifically, how was it, uh, uh Quilier. Yeah, Quillier. facial expressions always looked really good, especially for it being on a 3D model. Exactly, like, uh. Kilie was a, just an enjoyable character to watch. In fact, most
1: of the characters in this series were, were hilarious yeah. and fun. It was like watching a club series. Like, we kind of talked about that early on while watching it. It felt like watching a, like, club anime, but the club just happened to be a group of dogfighting pilots.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I I really love the lighthearted kind of direction of the show, uh, because, like, near the end, they kind of delve into some serious topics, but at the end of the day, it's... Like I think some bad things happen, but it's just like okay, life goes on kind yeah. of thing. Uh, and uh, just like during, I think it was during the first half of the series, they did a really good job taking time to introduce you to each character. Yeah. Uh, except for Emma. Yeah. I don't really think you got anything about Emma.
1: No, we really didn't. Yeah. We we got like a little, we got like a little bit of like hints about her, but we never really like understood like what exactly it was about her, like that made her want to fly.
0: Yeah, because we got pretty much that for, like, everyone, everyone else, else, really. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, yeah, like I the dog fight's really cool. Um,
1: they always they always did such a good do- job of, like, portraying, like, weight and tension. And I think some of the coolest moments were when, like, you see, like, the plane's rudder. And uh, you see, like, the tension cable just, like, twang. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, it always gave, like, such a, like, feeling of weight impact. And I always thought it was really cool to watch. Plus, some of the tactics in dog, the dog fights were always just... A treat Yeah
0: like I'm not uh, I don't know much about flying and dogfighting, fighting But it, they presented it in a way That looked uh, plausible to me Like it looked like it could, a- it could actually happen Yeah uh, Part of that was like you said Due to all the really good sound effects mm-hmm. And uh, uh, best part about the series hands down Is that they don't force dialogue In the dogfights. fights Oh
1: no they don't
0: Because uh, in a lot of uh, action shows The characters are always talking Like even when they're fighting They're constantly talking but uh a lot of these dogfights they just have the planes going around they have some kind of cool uh, music in the background and then the sound effects of the plane and that's all they have and you just see the them the planes flying around shooting at each other and it's just it's it's really cool yeah
1: it uh it doesn't uh it doesn't like need to feel like the su- like kind of the dead air like mm-hmm. it like it kind of just lets you sort of like get into like the space of like the and the tension of the fight because if they're constantly talking and interrupting, it kind of does like take away some of the tension yeah uh and the music oh the music the, was... the
0: like western yeah music was really cool.
1: it felt very like this series could have been like very easily like esque where it was like sort of western combined with like but instead of like spa it being a space yeah. western and futuristic technology, it was like nineteen thirty, forties fifties
0: airplanes so all the all the good parts aside. There's a little bit that dragged the show down for me. Yeah. Uh, li- like, uh, especially near the end, like yeah. the last half of the show. Yeah. Uh, well, specifically the last quarter is when they, like, rushed in a bunch of plot. Yeah. About this hole to an alternate dimension.
1: Which, by the way, like, because they'd hinted about the holes before, like they had, and... That was all fine, but what they didn't mention, and something that I was, It's like, oh yeah, by the way, the Yufang are actually just Japanese
0: people. Mm-hmm.
1: It, it felt like a...
0: Just a very harsh twist. It's like... It's like... <coughs> what?! <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't like that very much. Um, and then they also brought in a couple characters and tried to make the main characters that I didn't really care about. Like, um, Naomi. Yeah, they
1: she... They brought her
0: in. Uh, I thought it would have been a lot more... Like, the... The, the person that Kilie was chasing the whole time uh, had so much potential to it. Like, it could have been Old Sob or something. Yeah. But, like, it, it just... The ending definitely fell a little flat to me, and which brought the whole yeah. experience down.
1: Yeah, like, we've said before, like, a lot of the uh, series' strength came with kind of how lighthearted it was. And how, like, uh, how it was able to just kind of... Like, nothing really, like, ridiculous happened. Until the last few episodes, yeah. where things started to get a little bit too serious too quickly, I think. And they didn't even really deliver on that. Like, uh, they made a person who I never would have expected to be the main villain at first, the main villain. And it yeah. was it didn't really feel like an earned
0: twist, either. <laughs> it just kind of came out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, like, it's like, obviously it's one of those things, it's like, okay, I mean, I guess I can see that. But at the same time, there weren't any, like, clues in the narrative, like, really, like, to make the audience go, huh, that's a little bizarre to me. Yeah, so, overall, I think I'd probably have to give this show a six and a half. I'd give it a six, because it's above average for mm. me. It's not, it, it
0: was a fun show.
1: It was. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Like, a lot of the, um, uh, like, I think the, some of the, the biggest strength of this series was just, like, the snappy dialogue. Like, the mm. dialogue, like, in all the voice actors, like, really just kind of uh, bounced off each other so well. So, it just felt like the dialogue just was, like that it, yeah it just delivered on it constantly and that was like one of its biggest strengths well that and, and the dog the, the dog
0: fights are really cool but yeah the the plot was uh, the plot left a little bit to be desired yeah and it just kind of and at the end it just kind of felt like a junk food show yeah absolutely. with cool dog fights <laughs> absolutely so next up is mob psycho 102 which is uh it's, I'd say easily just as good, if not slightly better than the first season.
1: Yeah, that's that's definitely a um, a strong statement to make. But I'll agree with that because the uh, because the first season was really good. Like I was late to the party watching that show. Me too. But then when I finally watched it, I was like, oh man, this this show is good. I can't wait for there to be more of it. Which there finally was.
0: Yeah, they they do such a good job continuing Mob's character progression because Mob's like this. So he's so ridiculously strong, but that's not the interesting part about him. The interesting part is that he's just struggling to want, like, he just wants to be normal.
1: Yeah, he wants what any, like, kid that age wants to be. They just want to be, like, part of something. They want to be part of a group. They want to be accepted by their peers. There, That's a totally relatable human condition. Like, and just slowly figuring that out, and while also finding out more about yourself, even the parts that you're kind of ashamed of. That's all true to form and very relatable experience. Uh, Mob is easily one of the most relatable characters.
0: Yeah, which is surprising. Yeah. Because he's such a ridiculously powerful, like, psychic.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, that's the thing about... Uh, that's just the thing about One in general. Like, because the same guy that wrote One Punch Man. And he is... He just does a really good job at making, like, like ridiculous premises. But making the protagonist incredibly relatable like we've already talked a little bit about uh, on the other podcast episodes how Saitama is a ridiculously relatable protagonist and Mob is very much the same
0: is very much the same
1: in that regard
0: yeah i uh, favorite part of the series hands down uh episode 5 yeah i think it was yeah the, episode the fight with Mogami yeah with 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 Mogami Mogami Kenji i think his name yeah. is yeah uh oh my god the 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 writing oh, I'd say the writing was on par for the rest of the series like it yeah. was good but the art direction in that episode just the best art direction of the season easily that episode yeah. right there best art of the entire season no kidding
1: like it was it was such just it was such eye candy like just every frame was just like dripping with uh, with passion and
0: talent behind it mm-hmm. holy crap it was so pretty it, it just served to enhance the already like really emotional i was really emotionally invested for that for that yeah. part too just because mob going through a i think it was like a year yeah of what his life would be like if he didn't have reagan yeah or he didn't d- he didn't have powers in general at all yeah
1: it it was a uh it was certainly like a shock and actually seeing mob like legitimately consider killing somebody that was like a really dark turn i was not expecting it at first and it was an, a nice emotional payoff when the uh, when the girl he was trying to rescue actually broke down crying. Yeah, <laughs> like for one, it was just nice emotional payoff. Two, the animation on it was just so solid.
0: Yeah, you really felt like how guilty she was. Yeah, exactly. Because she realized all this shit she'd been doing to people just to like keep herself uh, like high up in the yeah in the totem pole, and
1: her just realizing what that meant. It's it was a really good like moment, but then of course we get the less. I mean, the other half of the series, which is also really cool. Freaking Suzuki, Suzuki yeah. was a was a ridiculously relatable villain. I mean, even if he was just all for one, I
0: wouldn't see he's relatable because I don't understand how. Well, I, I I wouldn't. I don't. I I could never feel that way. Mm. But it was a understandable. Yeah, yeah and definitely a really good. Like season finale villain, yeah, sure. and because he was definitely a nice contrast to Mob. Exactly, yeah, and because uh, I've said it before, uh, that Suzuki seemed like a he is Mob w- without a Reagan, without yeah. friends. He's what yeah. Mob could have been if no one is around to support him, kind of guide him. Yeah, exactly. On his way, to, teach him not to. That he wasn't special. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, in In a very like honest way, like not not in a, like a you're you're sucky, you're not special. Yeah, it's just like ju- what Reagan said was just because you have powers doesn't make you better than anyone else. Exactly, and that
1: was and that was an interesting thing about uh, Suzuki because like he because even he believed that he was special even among psychics because he re- he just thought he was more powerful than any of them and that inherently gave him the right to do whatever he pleased, which. It's a very nice, relatable, like, contrast between Mob and him, and just seeing the two of them fight each other. And one of the most hilarious, like, uh, like punchlines to a to a joke ever, like, after that fight,
0: just the giant broccoli <laughs> oh, <yeah>. stalk. <laughs> oh, that callback was so good. They yeah. planted so many seeds, for yeah. <laughs> lack of a better term. <laughs> that, 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 they just, um, the whole scene was just so well written and played out, so, like, the whole like sequence of uh reagan originally giving mob the seeds as like a bonus because yeah <laughs> that just felt like a reagan thing to do yeah exactly. it made sense uh and then um you back to like the first episode of the series when he was finally learning how to control plants for the first time oh, yes and, and that all kind of culminated at the end of he he realized he wanted to tell subomi how he felt so he couldn't die and then he was trying to take the energy and subconsciously, the only place for him to put that energy was in the seeds. Yeah. And then we, get <laughs> a- we made a giant-ass broccoli tree, that's going to be, like, in the middle of the city now. Yeah, and then just
1: the two, like, Reagan, uh, Dimple, and him just saying, let's never speak of this
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh... Umbrella guy? I I know who you're talking about. uh, Uh, Serizawa. Serizawa, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He just turned out to be such an interesting character. Yeah, because Uh,
1: once again, he was a nice parallel to Mob. That was always the most interesting thing about any of, like, one's works, is, like, making characters who are all, like, mirrors of the protagonist in some way, shape, or form. I think that's the good secret to writing, like, any protagonist and any antagonist. They are supposed to represent that character had they gone down a different path. Like in Serizawa's case, what if he had somebody like Reagan, but a dark, twisted ver- version of Reagan? Nega
0: Reagan. <laughs> yeah,
1: Nega Reagan. negregan But But uh, yeah, overall, I will give uh, this series a eight and a half, nine. Is well, that's what I would say. Which one? Uh,
0: nine. <laughs> yeah, I'd give it a nine too. It was uh it was fantastic. Yeah. The. It might have been bumped up to like a nine and a half had the guy who worked on episode five not left to yeah. do military service. Yeah, because... Because the, the last fight was still really good. Mm-hmm. A lot of emotional um, stakes to it. Yeah, a lot uh, of emotional it just, stakes. It just wasn't quite as visually impressive as yeah. the, the, the movie fight. And it
1: was, and it was still uh, r- visually impressive because it was Bones doing what well Bones do, but... Yeah. Uh, just wasn't quite... It wasn't, it wasn't quite, quite there, as yeah. good. Uh I would say the other really cool fight was the uh the guy with the mind's eye. Like you know who I'm talking oh, about. Oh yeah, yeah. The guy that who, uh, fight was so cool.
0: Was he blind? Was uh, that it? Yeah,
1: he was blind.
0: Yeah, and he just knew Te- all yeah, he could on. just
1: teleport like and stuff. That was so cool. So with like
0: the final fight when everybody re- teamed up on him. Yeah, it was just yeah. so
1: it was the choreography and that stuff was absolutely stunning. And it was just par for the course with uh, mob psycho. Next up on our list, my roommate is a cat. You were not a big fan of this show when it first started.
0: Yeah, I in the beginning of the show, I was a little upset by the pacing. How it yeah. was like, uh, it would play out the episode, and then it would go back and play the the perspective of the cat. Mm-hmm. Um, just when I wasn't invested in the characters at all, it just kind of seemed silly to me, and I didn't yeah. really like it. But as the season went on, not only did I grow to get a little more invested in Subaru and Haru, I, they also, I think, started doing it better. yeah. Uh, because they would they wouldn't repeat the entire episode they would just repeat the parts that that were most important yeah they, they would only repeat the parts that were also from haru's perspective yeah like uh specifically just exactly what she went through mm-hmm. uh and and by the end I, I was i was just i was loving it it was yeah it was such a fun yeah the uh, show. show is so wholesome
1: like i think episode six you generally just seem to be like the moment for a like a which lot which one was that that was the one where uh that was the one we actually used for our thumbnail that week with uh, Haru and uh, Subaru falling asleep together
0: oh yeah yeah it it was, was just th- learning to trust each other yeah
1: exactly it just i want to stay here for a little while it was mm. it was such a sweet moment and like just slowly watching like Subaru like come out of his shell like slowly start to open up to people and seeing him grow and seeing haru realize that she can rely on other people she doesn't have to uh just be by herself mm-hmm. and have to constantly be like the one protecting everybody she can actually be someone who can allow herself to be protected there was just so many good like kind of just adorable sweet wholesome scenes yeah.
0: my my favorite scene from this entire series was when Subaru finally decided to go out and do the the, the book signing. signing. Oh, and like yeah. the whole time he was like sitting there like, I should not have done this. This is awful. I'm just gonna upset everybody. And then the kid going up and be like, I love your works. Like I, I, I love writing so much. Can you sign my book? And shake my hand. And yeah, shake my hand, yeah, was yeah, the thing that was.
1: Like, yeah, that was that was a really nice moment. It was it was definitely the moment that made me like entirely invested in Subaru as a person because he was willing to take a risk and He helped somebody else who was a kid probably just like he was. Mm -hmm. Just shy, awkward, and didn't really know what to do. And I thought that was just a really rewarding moment. Another really good moment was in the last episode, which, before we get to that, uh, something that was a little bit... Annoying was at the end of episode 11, they made like some big deals, like, Oh, I can't fly back. Yeah. It's, and it's like they were playing, they were painting it to be a little bit more of a dramatic situation than I personally think it needed to be. Because yeah, like... he immediately resolved the situation in the next episode. Like at the beginning, it's like, Okay, I'll get on a train and I'll call Hiroto and tell him, Hey, look after my cat for a while. Yeah, that's bit.
0: all you have to do. It was such a hyper dramatic situation where it didn't feel um relatable at all because like yeah. the whole time like both of us were watching and, like you could just call someone to take care of your cat like you have plenty of friends now you don't have to make it into this super dramatic sad music situation now the moment when haru actually got
1: out that's when it became an issue agreed yeah, yeah and that's actually was that warranted the panic that they yeah, were having exactly just uh but yeah just in that short amount of time that it, it was sort of not a a, a big deal. Mm-hmm. The But the, uh, the moment that really sold it for me at the end was, uh, when he finally finds her, like, and just the the two of them are, he's just basically saying, thank God I'm, I'm so happy you're still okay. And just, like, Haru, like, licking his face, basically comforting him, them comforting each other.
0: Yeah, Haru being like,
1: oh, you made it, you're safe, I found (laughs) you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, and the thing I love about Haru is that they gave Haru such, like, a, like, a sassy personality. Like she definitely see, Yeah. She, she sees herself as the hero of her own story when she is more often than not confused. And like, she's basically, she's a hilarious, like kind of unreliable narrator mm-hmm. because she's basically painting herself as like the strong, independent hero. who needs no one. But yeah, she's just as fragile as Subaru is. Yeah. Uh,
0: I have some complaints about the show. It- Um, the main one I have is that I never really felt a lot of the sad moments. Mm. It just didn't, I don't think they handled it very well. Like, I think the series started off with a flashback to a funeral and a bunch of sad music. And that just felt tacky and forced to me. Like, I, we don't know anything about this character yet. I'm not gonna feel sad. Don't try to make me feel sad.
1: Yeah, it should. It. I agree. It should have just began with him just kind of in his house writing or yeah, something. yeah, even
0: like being upset about having to go to the store or some yeah. uh, some mundane situation.
1: And it would kind of make you go, okay, why is he so upset all the time? Why does he? Why does his house so
0: empty? Why does yeah. he look
1: so lonely? It would give. It gives a little bit more like incentive for the audience to get invested rather than just mm. oh his parents are dead.
0: Uh, I also wasn't a big fan of the multitude of it felt like badly placed flashbacks to me Mm. uh about like his his mom like how she used to be or his parents used to be like the nicest people ever and and, yeah um, his
1: parents his parents almost seemed too nice like they and don't get me wrong like you want them to be like uh you want your parents to be supportive and stuff and they were good parents don't get me wrong and i think that it's important to highlight that and sort of like and I think that part of that kind of played into his like just general like sense of grief. Like he felt like he might not have even deserved them because they were so nice. And it was and that's a big part of grief though in general. You start to kind of like highlight certain things about about your about the ones that you lost. And I think that's an important thing. You just kind of hyper analyze the good parts rather than just uh, also focus on the bad parts and remember them as well. But yeah, I can see what
0: you're saying. Yeah, that's that's um I, I agree with that. Reasoning for sure, but the way they executed it was, um, kind of tacky sometimes. Uh, it was, or I uh, tacky is not the right word, clumsy, yeah, clumsy uh, because it, it would have been a much smoother way of telling us about his parents. If maybe, like, just because Subaru picks up an album doesn't mean we need to see a flashback of what's in the album, like, he can pick up the album and then maybe be sad about it, and then we can infer from there, like, about how his parents used to be really nice and he used to be, feel really close to them. There there was a lot more opportunities for organic storytelling instead of just flashbacks.
1: Yeah, and yeah, that's always, and I don't like, and we've gone on record and say that flashbacks can be handled well. It's just that some of the flashbacks here were a little bit clumsy. Mm-hmm. And I'd say that overall that kind of soured my impression of it. But at the end of the day, I give the show an 8. Like, that's the way I see mm-hmm.
0: it. A solid 8. Uh, I'd have to give it a six and a half myself. Six and a half? Just because, uh, I I liked it a lot, but at the end of the day, the, the flashbacks and, um, and also even, even though I liked it near the end, uh, the perspective swap still felt awkward. I just kind of stopped caring as much because the characters were so interesting. Yeah,
1: maybe, yeah, maybe I was, uh... Like I will give this an eight mainly because I still really enjoyed it. Like a lot of the a lot of the things that you see as more like glaring problems are kind of more like minor nuisances to me, with the exception of a few things. Like some of the awkwardly handled flashbacks being the chief among them. But overall I just thought this was a really sweet story with a really relatable main character, and I just was happy to see... it reminded me a lot of like childhood in general. Like a lot I brought up a couple times it reminded me of like because of winn Dixie or Homeward bound, like things I grew up with. and that is kind of maybe why it it
0: gets a little bit higher of a score in my book. So next up, a show we can unanimously agree that it it deserves a low score. Yeah. Price of smiles. <sighs> uh, <laughs> I went into this show with such expectations,
1: good expectations, mind you. but
0: yeah the the premise it started off was with was really interesting just having after
1: after episode 3 it's like oh it's going to be that kind of show
0: yeah, okay just ha- having uh, princess yuki slowly having to turn into a leader uh, that's, that was shoved on her yeah. uh, in in this war situation and then her slowly have to come to terms with this is what war entails like this yeah. is what i have to do for war and she was being a brat for a lot of it because mm-hmm. she she was very idealistic and didn't yeah. really understood understand the terms of war And then you had characters like Harold, Mm -hmm. who were, or Harold and and Izana were kind of like the realistic kind of, they know what war is like. Yeah. So they were making the right decisions, but she was actually getting in their way. Mm. Uh, I think she actually caused more people to die. Yeah. By trying to save
1: them. And I think that was an important lesson to teach, though, from time to time, because, like, when she made the wrong call, like... It just, it just goes to show that you can't always act according to your ideals. It could just cause more damage. Yeah. Uh,
0: I specifically remember the point where there was a transport. Yeah. That was trying to get away and she told everyone to go back for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then everyone ended up dying. The transport and the people who went back for yeah, the transport. Yeah, and that was,
1: and... And I think that that was a, a nice, like, uh, like way to portray that. And I think that I was able to forgive uh, Yuki's idealism because she was so young. and because Yeah, of, the
0: idealism was probably the most interesting part of her character.
1: Yeah, and it, it made a lot of sense. And then on the opposite side, we had Stella, who was also an interesting character in her own right. Like, when, uh, like, realizing that she was basically a soldier who had just
0: been trying to find... Purpose and she she became a soldier out of necessity at yeah. first because like that was the only way for her to get food and live.
1: Yeah, because basically, yeah, she was out of necessity and her just living like the, her living such a crappy life while Yuki lived like a charmed life. uh She had to basically Yuki wanted a kingdom where every or a world where everybody could smile and be happy, but for Stella, smiling was inherently kind of a bad thing, really. Yeah, it because was a it was self
0: defense like, mechanism. Yeah, exactly. It was just. People are less likely to punch you when you smile. I think that's where it originally came from. Yeah. Because everyone kept, like, hitting her because she was like, you're causing all this, these problems and you're stressing out her family. And so she just yeah. kept smiling. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And it, it was an interesting, like, parallel between the two of them. And it, been, it could have been a really, like, <laughs> yeah. a really, like, fascinating, like, clash of ideals and stuff. But we didn't... But the show... The show really should have been a two core show. Like at the end of the day, I really think it should have been. Like they could, they should have spaced out like more like episodes, kind of like figuring out like how each, uh, how the kingdom of Soleil and Grandiga both operated. Like I think they did a pretty good job with that at first, like showing like the two sides of the war and making you realize there were really no like right or wrong sides inherently. And I really liked that about this series.
0: But like halfway I, around, like the halfway point, the slow the show just started taking a nose dive so fast. Yeah, uh, I think it was like episode nine. Yeah, when they introduced the nano machines.
1: Yeah, uh, that was
0: so. St- the way they handled it was so bad. They didn't... Yeah, and I think the reason
1: why is because it basically just served as a MacGuffin out of nowhere. Mm. Like, there was no, like, hint... There was no real, like, hints to it. Explo- like, thinking, oh, this could actually be a possibility or something. And, yeah, they just resolved it way too quickly. And that
0: ending... Oh, that yeah. ending... That's the that's one of the worst endings to an anime I've seen in a long time.
1: Like, all right... As we said in our final episode review of this, uh, had they ended it with uh, Yuki and Stella and Stella just kind of looking up at the sky as the uh, as the nano machines are like deactivating everything, that would have been an okay ending. Yeah,
0: like that. Probably, it could have. It would have. It, it would have been an average series. It
1: would have been a. Uh, it would have definitely been an ambiguous ending, kind of artful ending, and it could have been just be like, okay, you yeah. know what. It's, this show had problems, but at the end of the day,
0: it was fine. Yeah, because there were, the, what was interesting to me is the decision to push the button. Yeah. And shut off all the crars, pretty much putting everyone back into the middle ages yeah. of technology. Uh, because you have all these, um, all this infrastructure, mm-hmm. like uh, plumbing, lighting, heating. Everything. So many things essential to life and that's all gone along with the military stuff yeah uh, it was such a an interesting decision because yuki wanted to she wanted to just hit the reset button essentially and yeah make it so it, people would probably die from like less healthcare and everything but there would be less deaths from war mm-hmm. but they immediately superseded that by showing us the next scene of like every happy and everything's fine all the characters you liked are still alive it it almost is like that a different
1: director or somebody up top said no that ending is a little bit too ambiguous our our uh the people who watch this show need it spelled out that everything is fine like they it's not like they were taking the audience seriously which i guess given the ending maybe
0: they weren't it was just such a bad happy ending in it like with I think with the ending, uh, if it just had it ended on the the shot of the sky and the birds going by, I probably would have given the show like a five and a half.
1: Yeah, I would have given it a five. But five and a
0: half. I, I, I'm gonna have to give it a four and a half.
1: I, I'm also giving it a four and a half because because it's not it's not an absolutely atrocious yeah, show.
0: The bad ending doesn't completely erase the good parts of like the first half
1: yeah it i think that there were plenty of good moments and pretty poignant emotional moments like the death of gail was a pretty damn good moment like there were just so many good moments in this series that i don't think that the ending completely supersedes all of that so
0: it doesn't deserve like anything lower but i can't it's below average the ending put it below average yeah exactly
1: just no i i can't i just i can't so next up Promise Neverland. Oh man, this so, show was so good. It was perfect. So every so every week, you were always looking forward to Kaguya. Don't get me wrong. So was I. I was always just on the edge of my seat, waiting for the next episode <laughs> of Promise Neverland. Like yeah. every episode was just so masterfully handled. Like it was, it it had to have been like the best show of the season.
0: I I can't think of any. I actually can't think of any complaints. Yeah. I can think of zero complaint for the show. Yeah. Uh just like the they did a really good job uh with the tension on every moment, like uh the, the music, the the camera work. I, I I keep hesitating to call it camera work. I mean, but it, that's what it is. It's yeah. like it's just like a it's
1: not a real it's not like a real camera like somebody behind it, but it is still camera
0: work. Yeah, the the angles of every yeah. shot were just oh Yeah so good. And they they use the camera works to to their, to their to such great effect, so many times, like, uh, the first part where Emma and Norman are under the truck, and the camera slowly pans up, and you see Emma, like, peek out, and you just see these horrifying-looking monster creatures, and then, uh, and then it goes back to them, and they just, uh, or Emma, like, covers her mouth. Yeah. And, oh, that, that entire scene had me shaking.
1: Yeah, and it's then, so good. and then also just all the planning in this series, like, I've, I've gone on record and said, like, I... Like, I can. The one thing I cannot typically stand about most horror series is when characters make asinine decisions just to drive the plot off.
0: I, I gotta run into the woods because there's a monster chasing me. Yeah. Oh no, I'm gonna slip in this hole. Yeah. And like, see,
1: that is absolutely what I hate about. That is the most common trope about most modern horror and a lot of horror in general that I absolutely hate. Characters making stupid decisions, which, okay, fine. I can. I can attribute some of that to when you're panicking, you're not always thinking clearly. Fine, I I get that, but at the same time, I think that it's usually handled in a very cheap way just to basically make characters die. Now, this series is different because, one, they actually establish the characters as characters and not just people that are going to be a body count
0: yeah we get like a. I think the first two episodes were mostly just learning about the characters and how smart they were and yeah emma was the fast strong one uh norman was the uh the, the the book smart guy and ray was like the cold calculating one exactly uh and i think that and i
1: think that when a character is like a char- a smart character in a horror series makes a wrong decision and it ends in tragedy that it makes the the stakes that much uh,
0: much more intense. Yeah, exactly. Because you're behind them, thinking uh, like, oh, this is definitely gonna work. There's there's no way that could fail. And then something comes out of left field and it just crushes because you. you feel hope. Yeah. You feel hope for these characters, and when you start feeling hopeful, it makes the downfall that much harder to deal with. It, absolutely,
1: and that was just the, um, and that was like the thing that just kept coming, making me, me coming back every single week, and like just some of the death scenes,
0: like oh, uh, like the scene with Crone dying. Yeah, that was really, really good, but hard to watch. Yeah, just like because in this situation, you know, there's like there's no way she's getting out of that. Mm-hmm. Like we we've never seen the monsters fight. But we can tell based on their physique and how like monstrous they are. they they can probably easily tear a person into pieces.
1: Yeah, and it was it was disturbing. Like mm-hmm. you knew that she was going, you knew she was going to die. It was it's just, just like, like
0: waving around like a penknife. Yeah, To exactly. protect herself, and, and when they spliced in the the shots of her growing up, yeah, it just made that scene that much more emotionally distressing. See, and that's and that was the thing, like. These were flashbacks and time
1: lapses handled well. Mm-hmm. Like there were two instances. Like for one, like they didn't exposit over it constantly and they put them in at an appropriate place. And they showed you just enough information so you could piece together the entire thing. It's like watching the uh, first 10 minutes of Up. They see you they show you just enough of a person's background so you and help you kind of piece together everything yeah. without like it treats the audience like they're capable of critical thinking and putting the pieces together. Yeah,
0: it, instead of uh, giving you front-loaded information and tre- treating you like an idiot, it definitely felt more like a reward mm-hmm. for going through the situation. Like, uh, it, um, specifically the, the the end, when everyone escapes and you see Isabella standing up on the, the big wall, and then as soon as everyone gets away, you just see Isabella untie her hair, and then it goes through, like, the flashback of how she grew up mm-hmm. and all the shitty stuff she went through. Like... I felt like that was, uh, they're like, here, have some candy. You earned it from watching all this terrible suffering.
1: And let me just say, like, I was not expecting to actually, like, sympathize with Isabella at all. Like, Mm -hmm. I I was just kind of, like, I thought she was going to be a reprehensible monster, but there was, like, some degree of... There's some degree of sympathy in what she did in the end. Like you can kind of understand why she did what she did, even if you completely disagree. Yeah, with it. She,
0: she was put in this completely hopeless situation, and, and even like even she tried to escape, but she realized, uh, um, like it's impossible. Yeah, I can't do it. And so, so, so I'm I want to live, and now that I'm in the situation, uh, I want to give these kids the best life they can possibly have before they're inevitably shipped away and eaten.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it was just. The amount of, like, planning and, and just, like, and and just, like, all these subtle little hints and stuff that you don't, that you don't really just notice right off the bat. Like, I think one of the best moments is uh, when the escape finally happens, and if you, it's something you have to, like, really closely pay attention to, but you see, like, shoes on their feet, and, yeah. Mama, <laughs> and it's, and Mama's like, oh, it's like.
0: Wait, what were those children wearing yeah, on their feet? Yeah, she's too busy thinking about the fire. Yeah. Because, like, when you wake up in the middle of the night to a surprise fire, you're not going to have shoes on. Yeah. And
1: she's just distracted. And then seeing, like, all the, uh, like, like like the kids like in the, pull out the freaking water bottle rockets, I was like, no way. <laughs> yeah,
0: because we saw them doing that earlier, yeah, just we- making it for fun. And it turns out all this fun they've been doing... Was, uh, was was all training. Yeah, and I was also really impressed by the mm-hmm. amount of kids that were in on the plan by the end. Yeah, I think it was everybody. Yeah, even the young kids. Because mm-hmm. uh, Emma realized that it would be even harder to escape if nobody knew what was going on. And well, that you should actually put trust in them.
1: Yeah, and the only the only ones who didn't know were below a certain age. With Phil being the only. Yeah, one.
0: everyone who left. Yeah. knew.
1: And that was really cool. And just. Mm, this entire series is just so good yeah but we could gush about this series for a while i, I could
0: easily talk about this show for like multiple hours yeah about, no about kidding how i loved it at end of the day i would give the show a 10 uh, th- no contest this yeah. is easily a 10
1: like really like this show is just perfect
0: it was probably the best drama i've i i i can't think of a better anime like drama that it... or not drama um Suspense, thriller, suspense. Horror. Yeah, it was yeah. the best suspense anime I've ever seen. Yeah, it, this ever. this was great. So next up is the quintessential quintuplets,
1: a show we were actually going to write off completely when yeah. the season first started.
0: I saw the PVs for the show and I was like, "All right, that looks like a very stereotypical harem." Yeah, it looks like generic harem garbage that we. And to be fair, we didn't get a lot of personality to the main character in the PVs. Yeah, um it just kind of looked like his design is. Uh, very stereotypical like, harem protagonist he's like the japanese so he's black hair short um, and yeah. looks kind of uh mm-hmm. just joe everyman yeah exactly
1: but he surprisingly he was actually one of the reasons i liked the show so much because he had a lot of personality to him he actually yeah. he actually was a character and not like somebody just meant for like audience inserts
0: yeah unlike a lot of harem shows where the the girls carry the cast like, um, there's a lot of good harem shows, still, mm-hmm. that the main character is less interesting. Uh, the main character was just as interesting as all the girls. Yeah. Like, his
1: motivations and stuff. And he was one of the more self-aware harem protagonists. We brought this, <laughs> yeah. up, we brought this up a couple times, but when, uh, Ichika kind of first, uh, says to him, uh, like, why are you doing this? And he's like, you know, that's a good point. Why <laughs> am I doing this?
0: Yeah, it, it- it definitely made me feel more connected to him as a character, because- he obviously are like, oh, these are cute girls. I'm I'm gonna want to be with them. That wasn't a motivation really at all mm-hmm. for the main character throughout this throughout the series. The girls obviously like developed feelings for for Futodo, but uh, for the most part, he was just. He wanted to help them. Yeah, like he wanted to help them through each of their problems. He wanted to help them kind of grow closer. Yeah, and it as started.
1: And it started, yes, as a pretty simple need. Okay, I need money. Yeah, <laughs> like that's. I mean, a pretty simple, a pretty simple goal. He need. He's poor. He needs money. It's relatable. Like, but at the same time, and seeing him slowly kind of shift from, I'm just doing it for the money. To actually, it's like, well, you know. These girls and I are basically partners, so we, so it's just important that we actually all understand each other and help each other out. It's it's a very organic, like, progression of feelings, mm-hmm. like, and why they would do it.
0: And they also mixed in those, like, harem moments of, uh, like, one person falling on somebody yeah. or walking out on somebody changing. But they... Like, those are so, such generic moments. Mm-hmm. But they're generic moments being done by interesting characters, so it turns them into interesting moments. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> they, the, series, the series, like, knew its tropes and knew how to kind of, like, play around with them in a somewhat creative way.
0: It also subverted them sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Too.
1: All in all, this was just a really solid harem show. Like, and at the very beginning, we were totally just getting ready to write the series off. Just, oh, that looks stupid.
0: Yeah, it also made for fun... Best girl competition for this season, but none of the quints were in the top three. <laughs> well, I mean, like a like a localized best yeah. girl competition. Uh, obviously, most people. Kaguya is yeah. going to jump ahead of that. Yeah, but um, the, an in-house best girl competition, absolutely. For lack of a better term, was and fun. Just... most
1: people, most people are in the Miku camp. I think,
0: at least as the show is running. Yeah, uh, she Miku. I think got the Ren treatment. Yeah, where she we definitely got the most interaction with Futodo. Yeah. Uh, interacting with Miku, and it kind of... It was weird, because it put Miku up as, like, the what seemed like the most likely romantic candidate, mm-hmm. but it... But, like, the plot kind of leaned towards uh, Ichi... Or not Itzuki. Itzuki, yeah. Itzuki being the main girl, because it was, like, the first one he met. Yeah. And, and, and that that could also be part of what we talked about earlier, of subverting the tropes. Yeah. Where they, they kind of make you think, originally, that Itzuki is the main girl. Yeah. And then later on, kind of just... It'll be It could be anybody. Yeah. Because at the end scene when they unveiled the the veil. Yeah. Uh it was they they had like a vague kind of mixed hair color. Yeah. They all had the same eyes and body and face.
1: Yeah. And it, like the
0: hair was like the hair in the clothes was like the only thing that you could tell them apart. Exactly. So when when they have a completely unique hairstyle, uh and a completely kind of vague color, it could have been anybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, it really could have been. Like just Judging based on just uh, simple harem conventions, I'd like to think that The Bride is Itsuki at the end, but like you said, it could just very easily be like a subversion of that mm-hmm. trope, which I wouldn't be surprised from this series. Like, I I would love to see a second season of this, but given all that, I'd have to get this show a strong seven and a half.
0: Yeah, I'd give it a... I'd give it an eight myself.
1: Yeah, I think that this show was very good. It was... It was very good, and the characters were all likable, but this is a story we've seen a million times before. But it was yeah. handled in a somewhat novel and fun way.
0: Exactly. I, I I had a lot of fun with it, but um, yeah, it did have... uh, e- Even if those situations, like the harem situations, were still interesting, uh, at the end of the day, yeah, it's still a harem show, and it's nothing amazing yeah. to me. It was just really good and yeah. really solid. Absolutely.
1: So next up Rising of the Shield Hero, one of the most anticipated shows this yeah. season. This
0: show had a big pedigree behind it. Yeah, uh, much like uh, Promise Neverland. Yeah, uh, it there was uh, the source material was very loved, and everyone was really excited about this being adapted into an anime. I was a little let down yeah. by not by the show. I was let down by the expectations for it.
1: Yeah, I... Because
0: everyone was playing it up as, like, this amazing thing that's gonna be the best isekai. Yeah, and I'll agree with that, because
1: it wasn't a terrible... It's not by any means a terrible show, and it's not... And it's a good show. I'm not going to say that it isn't. Because it is a good show. There's a lot of good moments and a lot of memorable characters, and overall, it's not bad. The problem is, everyone and their mother was basically saying, this show is like (laughs) a complete masterpiece, and it isn't.
0: Yeah, I... And I'm not this isn't to take away from the show at all. It's just the community maybe should have settled down yeah. <laughs> about this adaptation. So so on to the show itself. Uh it was pretty solid, except for the 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 one complaint I have to bring up right off the bat is the raid shield yeah. moment in the beginning. So they, they tried to make you feel very sad and upset for now Fubi because he's obviously in a really shitty situation. But the the way they handle it is just like, I don't I don't care enough yet. Like, yeah, I'm not invested enough to really, like, to, see... To warrant that scene. Yeah, exactly. They, they should have uh, saved that for a little later on.
1: Yeah, it it didn't really feel, like, particularly... It didn't feel particularly earned at that
0: point. Mm-hmm. Or if
1: even if they were going to deliver it at that point, they should have handled it in a slightly different way. Yeah. Because, because I don't know. It just... It's very difficult to explain, at least for me. But, it, yeah, it just didn't really feel particularly earned. And it didn't have, like, any majorly lasting consequences going
0: forward, it feels. Yeah, but but that being said, uh, I think Naofumi is a most of the time a very interesting character. Yes, Because he he is the stereotypical, like, neat mm-hmm. Isekai protag brought in from another world. Uh, but him having to deal with these sudden, like, hey, welcome to this world. You're a rapist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, like, having to deal with this terrible card he's been dealt makes him really bitter and an asshole in the beginning but but he slowly starts interacting with the world in a much more different way than the usual yeah I yeah some
1: pretty novel approaches rather than him being just the unstoppable badass that destroys everything no he is a traitor which i thought was really interesting like just oh that's how he's going to interact with the world he's going mm-hmm. to figure out problems by exploring it and stuff and it it made it kind of lended it into be like a more organic way of uh, revealing the world and just like its people and stuff and seeing like direct consequences of his actions and stuff that's and and other
0: people's actions exactly because (laughs) i'm having to deal with it
1: yeah because a few of the problems that he has to solve are problems the other heroes caused and i've already said this a few times mine is the most reprehensible person (laughs) ever
0: yeah it's it's such a good way to bring the entire community together. Yeah, the entire anime community together as a whole to hate one character.
1: She she is like she is on Dio levels of how comically evil she is yeah. at this point. Agreed. Like there's there's not much more to her character aside from
0: oh she's a bitch. But she is a bitch for an understandable reason mm-hmm. or not understandable. I don't know. Uh, yeah, understandable. It's not relatable. Yeah, but it's understandable because she she wants to be. Uh, the princess, or the, the queen. The she wants to be the queen, yeah. but she's stuck behind her sister, so she's lashing out in a very immature, psychopathic way. Yeah, no,
1: she's a complete and total psychopath. Like, it's it's an understandable situation, but at the same time, she's still a reprehensible, terrible human being yeah. that I will never sympathize with. Just because I understand her doesn't mean I sympathize at all yeah, with her. Yeah, she sucks. Yeah. Uh, but... Then there are just some characters, like, uh, I would have thought that Raftalia was going to be, like, one of the best girls of the season.
0: She was in the beginning, for sure. Yeah, Because everybody loved Raccoon Lolly Before the uh, Kaguya train took off. Yeah. um, And everyone started liking them the most, uh, Raftalia was definitely the most talked about girl for a few weeks. Yeah, and...
1: She and for good reason. Raptali is a great character, mm-hmm. and she—it was really cool seeing her kind of evolve and grow. I think that the most interesting thing about Raptali is the fact that she is a—that she is still, for all intents and purposes, a child. She still has the mind of a small girl, like despite looking like she's mature.
0: Yeah, I think they did a really good job allowing the relationship between Raptali and Nafumi to mature slowly over time.
1: I. I don't necessarily like the idea of
0: them ever being
1: romantically involved. Like, I understand the whole, like, her having feelings for him and stuff like that. I just hope it's never reciprocated. Because it just feels, to me, it just feels creepy. Oh, you're my slave. (laughs) And, like, I'm going to, like, just like the whole idea of like them yeah. being. There's and still her... there,
0: there's still a little bit of um awkwardness too. Yeah. Uh, because Nafumi has never reciprocated any of her feelings yet so far. Yeah. And, and even after the slave crest got removed, she, she puts wouldn't... it back on. Yeah. I after seeing that I'm like, okay, that's just not healthy. <laughs> yeah. Like
1: that's that's really unhealthy. Just I I don't ship it. I I don't ship it because it's just such a creepy, like, like, unsettling situation. She could have
0: got a non-magical tattoo if she wanted it to be, like, a mark of something to remember by. She could have just got, like, the slave tattoo, but without any enchantments on it.
1: Yeah, it just, no. Just no. I, it just feels really odd. But then, of course, we got another candidate for best girl, Chicken
0: Lolly. Oh, yeah philo is great yeah philo is great and uh, i like the i like the voice actress a lot too yeah I, I don't remember her name but uh oh also it's worth worth noting we've been watching this entire uh series so far subbed
1: yeah because Which, the
0: dub came out late well like we usually we originally planned on watching it dubbed because it was supposed to be uh quote unquote insta dubbed yeah by uh, cr- uh crunchyroll <laughs> but it was like a few weeks behind and we so we just started watching the subbed and didn't really want to go back
1: Yeah, and that didn't stop us from inadvertently clicking on the dub every once in a while and going, fuck!
0: They they keep changing it! Every time! Yeah, it's like, when you load up the Verve app, you click on uh, Rising of the Shield Hero, originally it was subbed. Subbed was what was there, and you click on the episode. Nah, and then they uh, they released the dubbed, and the dubbed became the default option, then you click that. And, and like, then they
1: swapped it, and then they swapped it again when we tried to watch
0: the most yeah. recent episode. It's it, it's
1: hilarious and just but ob- obnoxious all at the same time.
0: The The, the show itself, I think it, it was very solid. There is, um, the fight scenes are really cool. I like how Naofumi uses his tactics- because yeah. he, he has no attack. Yeah, he's really. not an offense he's not an offensive character. Yeah, it, it, even when he goes rage mode, he doesn't attack, he can only counter. Yeah. Like his fire only comes out when he's attacked by something.
1: I think it's uh, it's worth noting as well the Iron Maiden scene that was really cool.
0: Yeah, that was definitely the coolest um like fight scene part of the show so far. Just where yeah, just that like closing his fist and, yeah. and just the and it just closes the the model and Iron Maiden, and then the I, music and the sound is really cool.
1: I will say this. It was certainly less impressive the second time. Like, yeah, <laughs> because because like we said before, after that episode aired, it just like they didn't give enough time to sort of like rebuild up hype. It's like, oh, is he going to do that again? Yeah, they should
0: have saved it. It should have been his trump card. And yeah, they, exactly. They, like, well, that's useless against her. Yeah. And then like, they, he could have fought her for a long time. And then later on. Uh, when she's not looking or something, he, he, uh, pulls it out as a last ditch move. And they're like, I remember that. I remember that move. And yeah, cool. It's sort of like, uh, they,
1: it just feels like really awkward. It's kind of like in the, um, what they should have done is like build to build up hype is you, you've watched Bleach before, right? Yeah. Like early Bleach. So you remember the scene when Aizen first revealed himself to be the villain and Ichigo starts running up with his new, like Bankai, like super powerful sword. And then Aizen just stops it with his finger. And then Ichigo just basically has blood explode all over his body. It should have been a moment like that. You're like the that sort of oh shit, because we'd seen before like how it um, uh, how powerful that move was, but it just didn't deliver here because this new villain there was just such a gap in power.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It just it I don't know minor was it, complaint
0: was, it, was that first core. Uh yeah, that was first core. That was like the end of first core, right? Yeah, when some... she when uh, when she shows up. Yes, glass. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah, but
1: anyway so all that in mind I would have to give this show a strong eight
0: yeah, I, yeah. I'd give it a I give it a seven myself yeah I, I couldn't I could I can't quite give it up that yeah that, that, that little actually story. yeah it's
1: actually for me to be honest it's a little bit more along the lines of seven and a half because while I like the show and I while I think it's good and it's got a lot of good moments and now Fumi is certainly a is a f- refreshing take on an isekai protagonist it's the show is nothing absolutely phenomenal or anything. The the hype behind it is kind of made it a little
0: underwhelming. Uh, the, for for me, it's, it's leaps and bounds above a lot of the other isekai garbage. Yeah, for sure. Like like the, the sad bits. Yeah. Are kind of like early on this core. Anyways, Anyways. um, it it felt like it was a little forced. And while some of the action scenes are cool, uh, a lot of them are a little lazy. Yeah, you know, it looks like uh, like there's a lot of zoomed in static shots mm-hmm. uh, on a lot of the fight scenes. Uh, it's it's less so in this uh, upcoming core. We've yeah. seen a couple episodes so far. It looks really good. The uh, a fight scene that actually does have some pretty
1: good mention, at least in this first core, was the uh, the fight against the plant demon thing. That was actually really cool, where you see them like running up the vines and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, was, was that was really cool. That was a
0: pretty cool shot. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I. Uh, I'd give it a seven. Yeah, yep, seven Yeah, and a half for me. So, last up for the shows we were talking about is Run With The Wind. This yeah. was a... This was a fantastic <laughs> ending to yeah. a, a two-core
1: show, and it was a perfect send-off. It, it was such an emotional journey throughout the entire show. Yeah, and this second core was absolutely phenomenal. And the way it ended was an amazing ending. Mm-hmm. It was just... That final episode was just, like, easily one of the best damn endings I think I've seen in a sports anime. Hands down. Like, ever. Like, yeah. I'm not really a big fan of sports anime. Just, in general, as a rule, I just never really got into sports anime. Mostly because a lot of them either turn into, or turn into like, a yaoi fan garbage.
0: Or, let's insert as many special moves and ridiculous <laughs> yeah. over-the-top uh, moments as humanly possible. The The most interesting part about this series has not so much been the running itself but the reason why everyone is running.
1: Yeah, what running means to each individual yeah.
0: character. And the lead up for this core um is just like the lead up to the actual race mm-hmm. on the uh Hakone Akiden, and the Hakone yeah. Akiden, Uh it was just so fascinating seeing the little tidbits of every character in the cast seeing how they're dealing with training and in their personal problems. Yeah. It's uh, so like,
1: good. Kakaru finally opening up to the rest of his team, stuff like that. Yeah,
0: that was a really good emotional payoff when they were at the, uh, the, the training, training camp, camp. Yeah. And he finally opens up to everybody. Yeah, and he
1: says, This is what happened. Yeah, there's just so many good moments here. And then, like, the race itself oh, my God, there's so many just, like, good moments in that race. Like, Prince doing everything he can to just try and stay to keep up with everybody, and, like, him just managing to do it. Like, that was really... That was really rewarding to see. Shindo. Oh, my God, Shindo. The,
0: the, the scene in the, in when the race? He was,
1: yeah, when he got sick. Oh, yeah, that was really that, hard to watch. Yeah, that was ugh, so hard to watch.
0: They did such a good job uh, visualizing how he was feeling. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of the time his field of view would just narrow to like directly in front of him or get
1: like ridiculously blurred yeah. and kind of
0: shake and the only thing you hear is his breath and his steps yeah because that was just like his brain shaking every time his feet hit the ground yeah and i have one minor complaint for that that part mm-hmm. uh is when he passed out but then they're like oh no he actually finished the race yeah i think it would have been uh i think it would have been more interesting if he like passed out either at the end or if he actually just passed out and they had to forfeit the race that oh that would have
1: sucked so yeah. hard though like
0: um, I, I just thought that little tiny bit was clumsy but the yeah. rest of yeah that the of him suffering through that entire entire race and then everyone was cheering him on except for like the people who actually realized how in trouble he was were like crying and like his, yeah. his, his family were like bawling yeah at home like watching the tv
1: just ugh, it's so it was so hard to watch and then seeing Kakadu, like, emerge victorious, like, breaking the record, like, just, like, a little bit after, by, like, a second, it was such... Like, it's definitely one of those things, it's, like, it was a bittersweet moment, because, like, Fujioka was, like, easily one of the best uh, runners ever. Like, he was just, like, the pinnacle of running, but it was also... So it was kind of sad to see a really cool character kind of lose.
0: Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love Fujioka, because he... He handled it because when in that situation he was like, "Oh man, that sucks." Yeah. But this is just the beginning of running. And yeah, exactly. They may have realized uh, what Haiji said of uh, Fujioka awakens Kakadu, and then Kakadu spurns on Fujioka. Yeah, and yeah. They just keep going. They yeah at each other, and they keep they, making they, each other improve. They
1: were they were excellent rivals, and yeah. I I love that about them. So so
0: even in the situation where Fujioka was he, he took the record like of that section and then immediately lost it. He he was upset. But it seemed like even more so he was excited. Yeah, because
1: (laughs) it was, like, finally, like, a worthy challenge. Yeah. And and then, of course, the running with Hygie, the freaking rusty wheel.
0: Oh, man, that, the, the visualization Mm -hmm. was so good for that part. I mean, it was pretty much for the whole series, but Mm -hmm. specifically that part, like, the, how he, he would, like, freeze sometimes... And then, like, yeah, you'd hear that rusty wheel noise every once in a while. And And
1: then, like, in the final stretch of the race, you finally
0: just hear the rusty wheel snap. Oh, God. Yeah. Just imagining...
1: He must have been in absolutely excruciating pain.
0: Yeah, because for, like, a split second, we see... Or not split... It, um, it, it was probably a split second, but for, for us, it was, like, a few seconds. Just seeing the the camera pan on his face, and that, like, twisted expression he had. Yeah, and,
1: and it was all a negative, so he looked like he was blue, but his, like, scar was, like, bright, like, visceral red. Yeah. And just, like, his face just twisted in pain. And the only other person who saw that for, like, that flash of a second was Kakarou.
0: Yeah, and... And then he just starts crying because he realizes what Heiji's going through. Everyone else is cheering, and Heiji puts on this fake smile as he uh, probably runs, or, like, sprints for probably, I would assume, like, the last time in his life, really. Yeah. It it definitely seems that he just destroyed his knee Mm -hmm. doing that last sprint.
1: Yeah, and, like, when he finally when he finally crosses that finish line though, it is so goddamn triumphant. Mm-hmm. Like that's, those are the exact words I use when we watch this episode. It was just so goddamn triumphant. Yeah, and, then
0: the, and then the ending, like the theme, theme kicks in. Like, yeah.
1: And like, just seeing like just how his leg was like just completely trembling. It was just, ugh, this. it could have ended on that shot. And just with the final like theme playing, and it would have been a great ending nonetheless, mm-hmm. but showing that last little bit where, everybody where the team is still kind of a yeah, little on. epilogue yeah exactly was it, so nice uh yeah and kakaru like ending the series with the way that it began so do you like running <laughs> yeah just it was it was a rewarding oh, show
0: this th- that was definitely like the most emotional series yeah. of the season for me yeah
1: no kidding just, it,
0: just going through all that journey
1: yeah, it was it was a great journey, and yeah, it, it was so,
0: it was such a good payoff for yeah. for investing six months of time. No kidding, into watching this show, absolutely. Uh, at the end of the day, I'd probably have to give it a probably a nine a nine and a half. I me. I'll
1: have to give it I'll have to give it an eight and a half because while I think that it, most of it was amazing, it's still at the end of the day, it's it's a sports series, and it was kind of what I was expecting. Like towards the end, the emote, but. It was a really, really good sports series. And it just the emotional payoff and everything about it, it's just one of those things that I don't think I'll be forgetting for a long time.
0: Oh yeah, it's going to stick with me for yeah, sure. It
1: it, <laughs> it was absolutely fantastic.
0: So, uh, other shows that, uh, that we didn't really talk about. I, myself, have... Um, I, I watched uh, Watanen and Angel Flew Down to Me, which was a very Moe Blobby comedy yeah um long story short it's like a socially awkward girl uh who's in wants to be friends with other with her little sister's friends because yeah. she thinks she's adorable and she wants to dress her and keep close yeah also uh, known as Lolicon, the anime <laughs> i don't think it was quite like that yeah I think it was more like friendship uh, yeah but but yeah i i loved it it was adorable um the only
1: other show that i really watched was ueno-san
0: yeah, I haven't finished that one yet. I haven't either, and it's
1: I kind of want to just because it's I, it's not like it's going to be like a yeah particularly it'll be like an hour of...
0: probably to finish the rest of it. Yeah, um, it, it was uh, absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it, it... <laughs> uncomfortable topics aside, it was hilarious. Yeah, just how can you say you
1: love her if you can't drink her pee? <laughs> <laughs> like Pretty what much. even? Just it was the
0: it was the most random show. It's just it was zany short form. Nothing amazing, but yeah, it's it, it'd be like. Two hours maybe to sit down and watch all of it. Probably less than that. I I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's just fun. It was just a fun Uh, little quick show. uh, One other show I was watching was uh, Virtual Sun Looking, Mm. which was... So, if you don't know what virtual YouTubers are, just go look up a Kizuna Eye compilation or something.
1: Yeah. Uh, This
0: was essentially a joint effort between a bunch of uh, well-known virtual YouTubers in Japan to make a quote-unquote tv anime yeah <laughs> it, it was essentially just a low budget japanese variety show, right? show yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they would just have, it was like skit 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 <laughs> that was uh, not really connected and they'd yeah. have reoccurring skits kind of like snl yeah, uh, yeah. Every, every week uh, it was super low budget and fun and i think i liked it more because it felt low budget hmm. nice so
1: on to now that we're done talking with shows, let's just talk about some of the favorite things that we've had this season. Starters. Favorite OP. This is a hard thing to talk about, to be totally <laughs> yeah. honest. Because there were quite a few good OPs. Like for sure. Like for me, I would honestly have to say my personal favorite is the Dododo OP.
0: Yeah, I I remember watching it the first few times, I was like, This sounds like Japanese Fallout Boy. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Uh, not in a, not in an insult or anything, just, like, it has that kind of, uh, poppy... Yeah. Uh, like, techno mix. It was, it was so good. The, the visualization and, like, the, just the song itself was really good.
1: Yeah, it, it didn't, like, immediately grow on me. I was like, okay, this song... I think, and that's been the general impression for most people who heard this, is, like, at first it was like, okay, this is an alright OP, but then you start hearing with more and more, and it just, like grows on you like it just like it just snaps to you like one of my favorite moments is the uh, give me fire moment and you just hear like the drums slowly starting to pick up and get louder it's just it's so it's so well done the visuals are amazing i every week i was like yeah here we go here's
0: the opening again
1: and then like amazon even like had the option to like
0: skip the intro it's like who would do that fuck off amazon it's like fuck you amazon (laughs) i want to watch this intro thank you very much uh, for myself, I'd have to say uh, 99.9. Oh yeah, mob choir. Oh, okay. That's because every time I listen to it, I just wanted to get to be like, yeah, because it's just the the. The beat of it's really, really fast, and yeah. I absolutely love the, the vocal, the, the vocals, the, the visual, the visuals. Like, yeah, they're so psychedelic.
1: Yeah, they're psych- it's very much like the uh, the ninety nine by the mm. like the first season, like, and it's sort of like uh, somebody had pointed this out before. Like the first season, actually, it could loop and actually like pick up right where like right where it left off, and the second intro kind of did much of the same. Like because it starts with the. Uh, with the light shining up on the carousel and then it dimming on the carousel, you can oh, easily yeah. yeah. That's true, yeah. yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah. it's
0: a pretty clever uh, detail, yeah. I think. Uh, I, I like how the beginning has like super goopy and psychedelic, and then it, when it kicks into the, uh, the the chorus of the song, yeah, it, does, it starts with the action scene of all the uh, former Claw members kind of jumping through the air and fighting. Yeah, it just it just got me hyped every week without question. It was hard for me because yeah, there was also I I also was struggling between the door opening and um the kaguya opening that okay was really good the kaguya
1: opening was just <laughs> it was just such a delightful song and the visuals are very pleasant to look at it was just and it got you hyped and it's hard to say it because it was that show was just amazing and every time that opening it's just like okay it's time for kaguya mm-hmm.
0: but but for me it was uh yeah 99.9 for uh sure.
1: another like a Another thing that actually was kind of difficult was that made it difficult was the opening for boogie pop and others because Myth and Roy just did such a good job with that for me yeah like it like it's just such a like kind of catchy somber beat to it, and it kind of sets up for the uh, for like the psychological thriller that boogie pop is, and I thought it was really good, but end of the day Dodoro o p
0: so favorite e d I mean, it's pretty obvious, right? Like, it's like everyone, it's everyone's favorite ED this season was the fucking Chica dance. It's the, yeah, it's the Chica <laughs> dance. Like, like I don't know the name of the actual song. But, I think it was, uh, I think it was uh, Chica to Chica. Yeah.
1: Is that what it's called? I think so. Chica to Chica, also known as Love Detective Chica, I think. Yeah, it just... It was... Like, the first time I saw that, like, the first time we saw that, we were
0: like, what is happening? Yeah. Like, what's going on? the ending that play last episode. And then it was... I, <laughs> I watched this so many times, I'm almost ashamed to admit, like, I've probably seen it at least a hundred times by this point.
1: It's just so, it's, it's so fluid and so, like... And so adorable, just watching her dance. Like, the amount of... And then, if you haven't seen it, look up the keyframes version of this. There's so many. There there are so many keyframes. Like, this could just as easy... And it was animated and all drawn by one guy. It, and I'm pretty sure it was rotoscopes. Like, uh, yeah, that's the general consensus. Yeah, it was rotoscope. It had to have been.
0: I feel like there, there was no reason for this to be worked on so hard. Yeah, it was just a cute <laughs> chica. It was just a cute anime girl doing a cute anime dance. Yeah, like they could have just used this, the, the same ending. It seems so ridiculous of a concept to me that this exists. Yeah, but I love it anyways. Yeah, the the chica
1: dance is easily like it blew every ending out of the water. No matter how
0: good the eds for other shows were, this easily blew everything out of the water. Yeah, I actually don't remember the other ones as much because I was like. I'll make an effort to maybe think about which ones are my favorite. Maybe some other notable mentions. But I it, I can't. I don't I, care. I, I, I can't either. Just yeah. the Chica dance was so, like, was such a good payoff
1: for that episode. And just, and it was only played once. Yeah. Like, it was
0: one. It was just one time, and it's gone. I'm surprised it didn't play on the episode where Detective Chica actually showed up. Yeah. I think like it would have been a little more appropriate. But I guess the, having it not be just adds to the ridiculousness of it. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So, uh, what was your biggest disappointment of this season? I think that should already be
1: obvious too. <clears throat> Price of smiles, <laughs> like as I said, like going into this show, like I was expecting it to be like a like a relatively interesting, like a space opera kind of like war drama sort of story, which it started off that way, but
0: then it just really went off the rails with what it was trying to do. I think yeah, thats exactly my disappointment as well for the season <laughs> yeah yeah because it, it it had so much potential yeah i was so i was loving it so much in the first few episodes
1: yeah and how the intro kind of like flat out lies to you the op does like it shows that joshua is supposed to be like such a big character like but then he mm. dies in like episode three
0: uh i don't know if i'd say it lies to you because you could also just say that's part of yuki's motivation mm. i is guess that uh, it, The whole opening kind of seems symbolic. Yeah. Just because we never actually... Not until the end do we see uh, Yuki and Stella... Yeah. ...interacting with each other. But uh, opening aside, yeah, it was just a super disappointing ending. Like, incredibly disappointing. Like,
1: yeah... And as we said earlier already, it's it's such a shame, too, because, like, had they ended it on the sort of, like, just seeing the birds fly across the sky, it could have been an alright ending. But then they had to add in that stupid-ass, like, <laughs> yeah, that stupid-ass schmaltzy crap. I just was like, really? This sucked.
0: Also, the, I mean, the parts before that weren't too amazing either, with nah, the old MacGuffin like, nanomachines, blah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, blah. So, biggest surprise for you? Uh, my biggest surprise this season was, uh, without a doubt, quintessential quintuplets. Oh, really? Because uh, I expected it to be such a generic, kind of uh, boring harem show. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, this is kind of interesting. I guess I'll keep watching. And I, and by, like, uh, episode four, five, or six, I'm just like, ah, I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, <laughs> like, you, you get so attached to these
1: girls and to Futuro, like, and everybody in this cast. Because, like, the cast is just lovable and a lot of fun, and it just... It sort of reminds you, it reminds me of some of the stuff when I first started getting into anime, like, reminded me of shows like, or series like Love Hina and stuff like that, or Ichigo 100%, and realizing, okay, you know, amidst all the harem garbage, there is some good harem series every once in a while that just yeah, surprise you.
0: because a lot of, it's definitely a genre that people cash in on a lot. Like, yeah. Just, I'll just make this quickly yeah they 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 don't
1: it's it's a hair it's a genre that they know will sell well so they don't have to like put a lot of
0: additional effort into it so yeah this this, uh caught my attention in a very surprising way yeah
1: but i wouldn't say that was my biggest surprise it was certainly surprising for me my biggest surprise was just how fucking good the promised (laughs) neverland was like i knew going into this series that oh it's going to be good it's going to be awesome like I was blown away just by how amazing this series actually is. Mm -hmm. Like just everything about this series was just handled so masterfully. And the fact that this is only Cloverworks second series, I'd say is just makes you go, all right, they're going to have a long career ahead of them. I hope. And I, they're going to, if they keep producing stuff of this quality, then it's going to be, then I think we're in for a real treat.
0: I think it was less of a surprise to me simply because it was a show with an extremely popular pedigree and everyone was hyping it up. So I was kind of expecting it to be good, but it was like the opposite end of shield hero where it yeah. turned out to be amazing. Yeah, it extra. was everything that the people hyped it up to be. Yeah. Also very good. Uh, I'm very uh, surprised that the community was able to collectively keep everything a secret so yeah. well. Like, yeah. I I knew about the twist earlier on, but that's just because I was asking a friend of questions about it and how yeah. it was going to be. But like, there was nowhere on the internet I saw before the twist that revealed it. Everyone was just like, "Just watch it. Yeah, it's really good."
1: <laughs> yeah, they they the uh, the community did a very good job of basically just shutting the fuck up for this series and not spoiling it for everybody. Which like they everybody did their damnedest because it is such a good mystery and suspense story. Like I and you got got to give credit where credit is due to the anime community. They did a great job uh, keeping it under wraps. So. On to our final thing. Favorite show of the season. Is this
0: really a surprise to anybody? Uh, mine is not... Promise Neverland. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I thought Promise Neverland was the best show of the season, but my favorite was Kaguya-sama. Ah. Uh, because... I-, I... I... I was super uh, engaged in Promise Neverland in all of the drama mm-hmm. and uh, suspense. But I... I think I'm just more of a sucker for uh, comedies. Yeah. Like, I have more of a... Uh, preference over like comedies than than suspense. So, I, I was just looking forward to Kaguya-sama that little bit much more every week. Even yeah. though critically, I would say that Promised Neverland was a, a slightly better show.
1: Yeah, that that is totally fair. For me, it's no surprise it's Promised Neverland. Promised yeah. <laughs> Neverland like and kind of for a similar reason why you like Kaguya so much, uh, it's kind of the it's kind of same for me. Like I like like, psychological suspense, like, thriller stories. Yeah, like,
0: horror is, like, one of your favorite stuff, right? Uh,
1: yeah, absolutely. Like, it is... I abs- I like good horror. And this is one of the best damn horror series to come out in a long time. At least one that I've seen. And, like, it's very rare to see, like, horror and anime done well. And this just nailed everything about it. So it's everything about the genre that I absolutely love. And that's why it's my personal favorite series with... Kaguya being a very very close second because it, it was like you said it was just something to look forward to every week and just like you knew you were going to be happy or at least yeah. smiling <laughs> smiling or laughing your ass off at some points like out loud it was it was a great show but for me it has to be Promised Neverland
0: So uh that's it We yep. finally close the book on Winter 2019.
1: <laughs> yeah, you had to stop yourself for a second yeah. there. <laughs>
0: because Cuz we just started a new season. So, yeah, we just yeah. started
1: we just started a uh, spring 2019, but yeah, winter 2019 is officially over. It, so that's uh it uh, was a-
0: we've been going on for the podcast for about a year. We all, it'll have been a year after spring. Is yeah, so so we're almost to the year point uh, About three more, or about two more months, mm-hmm. we get the one year anniversary Woo-hoo! of our channel. I don't know, maybe we do something special on that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, a big thanks to anyone who's still sticking around, uh, keeping an eye on us, listening to us, shit talk about anime. Yeah, exactly. Uh, very big welcome to anyone. This is like first showing up, e- yeah. even if this is your first video you're watching for us. Welcome to the talk show where we talk about things. Where we talk about silly Japanese cartoons. Yeah. It's a... This season
1: was... Like, winter 2019 was a was a great season. I... And it's gonna be hard... We started off on a high note for this year. For sure. Like, it's gonna be hard to top anything, I think, going
0: <laughs> yeah. forward. It happened the same thing with uh winter last
1: year. Yeah.
0: We had, um... Hinamatsuri, Laidback Camp. Yeah. There's a uh, place for the universe. Place for the universe, Devilman. Devilman, it was just like, stop giving us all the good stuff at the beginning of the year. You're just going to make everything else seem not as good. Yeah, it's like they just want to start off on a high <laughs> note, which, you know what?
1: Maybe that's their intention. All in all, it's great for... They,
0: like the secret uh, anime community in the background that yeah. handles all the operations from the shadows. Yeah, the cabal, <laughs> the anime <Yeah>. cabal. <laughs> But, yep, that's going to be it
1: for our Winter 2019 season review. It's been it's been a lot of fun having people stick around. Yep,
0: and and uh, see you guys in uh,
1: spring stuff. Yeah, More spring stuff. We're going to keep talking about spring stuff, so shoot a like, send a comment. Like, talk about some of the stuff that you like the most about uh, Winter 2019. Like, some of the things that, like, angered you or upset you or yeah. you love. Just... We love hearing all this, your guys' experience with this. It's been, it was a great season for us.
0: I hope you were just as invested in it as we were. Anime is most fun when enjoyed with other people. Absolutely. So, until next time, we anchor, and we will see you in the next episode.